What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba 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 ba. It is a midweek podcast, a bright and sunny time that we are recording this podcast. I have no idea when you are going to listen to this. Hopefully, it's bright and sunny. Actually, I don't know. I wonder if anybody is listening to this. Uh, you know, I'll read it nowadays. Quiet, uh, quiet. Quiet, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that it's because of Chinese New Year. I know for a while we were growing at like, I don't know, a, a healthy rate. We still haven't crossed mm. the 1K mark. We're close, we're close. Uh, You're talking about 1K followers on Reddit, lah, right? 1K sub members, lah, members. I wouldn't really mm, say followers okay. on Reddit. Lah. I don't think that's the... That's 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 the the goal of Reddit to have followers, yeah, yeah. which is what makes it yeah. so nice. But, uh, but it's been quiet, la. It's been quiet on the Reddit. Um, quite surprised because I think uh when someone brought the discussion about national service in the aware podcast to the Singapore subreddit, that had a lot of discussion. Yeah. Uh, but then on our own post itself, it was like eh, crickets. Yeah. So and we also posted something last week on Friday and. Yeah, it wasn't that active. Maybe it was something to do with the topic. I'm hoping that it's just mm. Chinese New Year. I'm hoping that things pick up again. So if you guys yeah. are thinking about posting or sharing stuff on the subreddit, please do head on over to the link in the show notes. And speaking of yeah. show notes, <laughs> yes, I read something. Uh, I know uh, I, re- I read something on our Reddit, which did, did make me think a bit. And I also wanted to clarify. I know... There are times when uh, on our podcast, we talk about stuff and I and I say, okay, we'll put it in a link in the show notes. Um, and as far as possible, the ones that we remember, I will put it in. But I saw a comment just saying like, um, talking about how maybe the show notes can be a lot more robust uh, and, mm. and including everything we speak about. But the reality is, I mean, this whole podcasting process uh yeah the it, it's it's a lot more quicker than producing a video but there's still a lot of things in place and to populate the show notes with everything we speak about uh does take uh, a bunch of time uh and yeah. and honestly we would we 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 are right now distributing our time across a whole bunch of stuff we want to carry on making this podcast so maybe the show notes if it's if it's something that you guys see put it in a reddit i can i mean we can edit the main post but, but yeah, like having robust show notes, I don't know, is that something that everyone is craving? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, mean, because I think there are very uh, helpful members of the, uh, members, I keep saying that, helpful people in the Reddit who who do link uh, updates and, and various things like that on our Reddit. Like, I, I mean, shout out to Jungle Jimbo. Like, he, he, yeah. You know, very, very constantly like updates, uh, new updates on the Reddit. And then, you know, if there's a new video released or something, he tells us, so so that that helps everyone who's I guess reading through the show notes and and all that. but um yeah it's not it's not it's still quite a bit of time to trace through everything man yeah and and I mean we we do genuinely want to put as much time as we can into creating content not just over podcasts but also uh, the TV shows we're working on uh, an audio pilot that we're working on so yeah so so yeah if if it's crowdsourced that would be dope because we do really love our subreddit community but. Yeah, just trying to find the balance. Who knows? Maybe in future we can hire someone to help us out. We'll see if this continues to grow. But yeah, just yeah, wanted actually, to. What? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you, I, I'm just saying, if if you, if you listening, you know anyone who might be, you think is actually a great fit to, perhaps work with us as a researcher or, or you know, help us edit our our audio files and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's send them there our way because the truth is we are. We uh, we do want to provide more content and everything, but we are limited. 
by the fact that it is just the two of us working on this. Yeah, at this point. And and I mean we yeah. do have plans to 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 grow uh and and just create a whole bunch of kickass content. So yeah. So if 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 you feel like you want to get engaged in the world of content somehow in some way shape or form, just holler man and we're always open to chat with people who want to create kickass shit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, oh, that was like a recruitment uh recruitment ad. Uh. <laughs> no, I think it's time, man. I think it's time. It is like, time. Like yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, if if we're getting very serious guests on board, like the you know aware and people like that, I think it's a space for really inconvenient questions and and big discussions. Yeah. So we need help, man. We need we definitely need help. Like the first thing we'll admit is that we we could use help. Eh? Yeah, and even if it means like uh, suggesting guests because we already have a few more guests that we are um, talking to and trying to lock down dates because we want this to be like something that Terrence and I talk about current affairs but also bring in people who have a lot more expertise in areas that Terrence and I don't have expertise in. Um, specifically for the, for the, the first topic today is something that we both do not have much expertise in but we're still going to talk about anyway. Uh, but before yeah. we get that, Get there. What is the one thing we always say or we try to say on every podcast, Terrence? Is that if this podcast has touched your life in any way, in, through Circuit Breaker or through the election or through any uh, uh, quiet, quiet evening, Friday evenings where your friends didn't call you to go out and meet, please let one other person know about this, how this podcast can change your life. Yeah, and please send us your comments whenever you want to, even if it's something criticizing the show. Like to to the point I, I was talking about earlier about some uh, the thoughts on our show notes, I really do appreciate comments like that because it just makes us stop and think, okay, what can we do better? So even if you want to shit on us, Terrence shits on me on every podcast. So I'm totally open to people shitting on us as long as it is for the betterment of this podcast. Constructive is all constructive. Constructive. Constructive shit yeah. is the best kind of shit. Okay, cool. Speaking of, of constructive stuff and a building a better future, the mm. first topic we're talking about is the budget 2021, which was delivered by our dear, dear Sugar Daddy Hang on 16 mm. February, Tuesday. Shit, I haven't said Sugar Daddy Hang for a long fucking time, man. Ages, uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout um, out shout out to Sugar Daddy everyone Hang. who loves Sugar Daddy Hang. Sugar Daddy Hang. And I mean... Yeah. Um, I know there's a whole bunch of articles covering the highlights of the budget uh, and to clarify if it isn't already absolutely clear, Terrence and I are by no means uh, financial pundits or budget pundits uh, but mm. but we just wanted to share some some thoughts about reading it as a layman. Uh, yeah. I know Terrence worked in finance. Would you consider yourself a layman when it comes to budgetary issues? Yeah, I think I, th- I think it's a bit different because these are all macroeconomic issues. Whereas uh, the the finance I was in it was more like you know co- corporate finance, like individual companies. Yeah, more than anything. Yeah, yeah. So and it's a bit different, uh. So yeah, so there's a whole bunch, so many articles. Like if you Google budget twenty twenty one, you can get like a lowdown on every fucking thing that uh the main points. But uh, certain things stuck out to us. Um. So first of all, when I saw the the start of the video of the the session that uh, Sugar Daddy Heng delivered the speech in Parliament, I thought the way he introduced himself pretty badass. Uh. He was saying, you know, last year he delivered four budgets. He addressed Parliament nine times or something, and his resolution for this year is that he just hopes it's just one budget. Um, and he also gave a heads up to all his parliamentary members that it's going to be a long speech, two to three hours, and he hopes that they keep attentive, Which I thought, hey, you know, like he has a plan, man. Sugar Daddy Hang has a plan. 
So it's not, it's not he no no gaffes like the East Coast plan. Or yeah, anything. that's why. Yeah, and like you know, he was doing it while buttoning his coat. You know, getting ready to yeah. to lay the smackdown. So I thought, God damn, that's that's cool. Um, so actually, was what's the name? What's the name of the budget? There's um, a specific name, right? The theme is emerging stronger together, lah. I think that's the name of the budget. Emerging Stronger Together. Yeah, Emerging budget, Stronger right? Together. As in, the name, I guess, is Budget 2021. But the theme yeah. is Emerging the theme. Stronger Together. Got it, got it. Um, but what's the... So what's the first thing that's, that that stuck out to you? Uh, the first thing that stuck out to me is that, holy shit, like, I don't think I'm even as detailed planning my own monthly budgets, yeah? I mean, unless you have an army of people planning your own monthly <laughs> yeah, budgets, it shouldn't be as detailed. La. No, then, it shouldn't, I mean, definitely shouldn't I'm be. Like, just reading the numbers, everything's in the billions and millions. And and yeah, I mean, that that's what happened when you are a finance minister. But I was thinking, holy shit, like, those are some big ass numbers, man. And mm. But I, I do feel a bit uh, desensitized to the numbers because, you know, last year there were so many budget announcements and everything was billion this, billion that, billion this. So so it was just uh, uh, the first thing that hit me, la. Uh, and then the second thing that hit me was that it, I mean, everything sounds like it makes sense on the high level. Mm. Uh, and that's where then I start questioning myself, okay, but does it really make sense? And that's where like I have to read up and all. But even then, yeah, I think, I, I guess that's the thing about these these budget announcements. La. Like you can pick and probe and uh, into it, but I don't know. I don't know what else, how much deeper I can go. La. But what about you? Eh? Mm. I mean, oh, uh, definitely, the first thing I look out for was any kind of like bonuses for, uh, for people with kids and, and families and stuff like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't lie. I won't lie. It's definitely. I was like, okay, now I got a kid. What what more money can I squeeze out from, from the budget, uh, You know. So so you can get a return on investment, uh, right? Yeah, hardly a return. <laughs> uh, it's just a slight reimbursement on your expenses. Uh. Yeah. But 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 uh I mean I, I know there's some like a couple hundred dollars for some edu save thing, uh, but but generally speaking, I think this budget the the large thing that, that stood out me was like uh, okay la, twenty twenty was the year of giving and now is the year we they start taking it back. <laughs> you know, at least <laughs> I mean, it only makes sense like you can't. It can't be all one way. It's not one way traffic, like, right? No, it but has the, to come back. When you say it's about taking back, like what, what particular? I mean, there is the GST hike, right? Yeah, GST uh, but everything hike, else, everything else is still is still very much giving, right? Uh no, I think the the one about the one that will affect us, uh, normal consumers directly is the one that taxes any online goods sold. So uh, less than four hundred dollars that were that are shipped via air freight. Oh, I, I guess for me that's still that still fell under the GST, the whole GST umbrella, la. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that, but but it does also for people like me who pro- who buy a lot of stuff from you know Amazon and all that, and I love the free shipping and the sometimes crazy prices that you can find for stuff there. Mm. Uh, that's not an ad. That's not an ad. It's just. It's just. It, but but it's true. It's like <clears throat> I have a lot of stuff in my cart on Amazon that I don't actually buy, but I just look at it once in a while because sometimes, for some strange reason or another, the price just plunges on certain products. Mm. Uh, it's not Black Friday or anything. It just plunges and and it gets very exciting when you're deciding. Oh, do I need? Do I really need to buy this umbrella? Cause it's like you know, fifty percent off suddenly. Yeah, that's why uh, our uh, office uh, is so full of stuff, lah. <laughs> la. 
Basket. <laughs> oh, but my point is I don't buy, I don't buy. I just look at it like, you know how people stock market, they look at stock market prices go up and down. Do they yeah. always buy? They don't, if, not, right? If looking at the stuff in our office means that it's like 1% of the things you look at, right? You must be looking at a fuck ton of stuff. <laughs> uh. I, I am, I am. But anyway, the, the point is I do buy a lot from overseas. So yeah, that one does affect me. Like, and, it made me think, oh shit, everything I, I need to buy, I should buy before 2023. Uh. And, and the crux of it is that... Um, Currently, low-value goods imported via air or post, and low-value is the the tier is four hundred dollars or less, Right, they don't yeah. get taxed, right? Yes. Um, and after that, after the change, it will be taxed. Um, and yeah. imported non-digital services also don't get taxed. And then after the change, it will get taxed, lah. So, so that yeah. apparently is like a live interaction with overseas providers of educational training, fitness training, counseling, and telemedicine, which has seen a boom in the pandemic, lah. Um, mm. So, I mean, as much as this means increased costs, I do, I do feel it. It does help level the playing field. Like I think leveling the playing field um, can be easy, very easy to shit on, ah. But, but. Like like what you said, certain times when I go online, also, I'm like, holy fuck, how how is this so much cheaper than what you see, uh, in Singapore, la? Um, and I sometimes it's so much cheaper that I think a, a hike might not, might, I might still end up buying online, but it feels like okay la, this is gonna mean higher prices, but if if it's meant to kind of, I don't know, like it, it just feels like it make it makes sense initially. That's what I think, mm. but. But yeah, so that's my first thought. And then after well, that... When you say level the playing field, what you're meaning is that uh, for those, for the, for retailers in Singapore who have to pay GST, mm. uh, that's, the, that's leveling the playing field for them like, and that overseas sellers can't escape GST, like, right? They have to pay it as well. Yeah. Or at in, least the consumers have to pay for it, like, in right? In some way, like, because I guess over the years, uh, it has become clear to to me and I guess generally speaking that tech companies, they do they do work in this grey area that helps them evade a whole bunch of shit. Like. Admittedly, it does give us access to a lot more. Um, I think only recently, I think as of a few weeks ago, uh, Australia is the first country to kind of push a lobby for Google and Facebook to have to pay publishers for content um, mm-hmm. because I think their consumer protection laws are very strong there. La. So in this case, yeah. I would say, I mean, okay, right now, even when I buy stuff online, if it's a difference of like 50 cents or something, I would still choose the online la, because these things add up, right? And theoretically, it sounds, okay, like it makes sense, but that's where whenever things sound like they make sense, there's always a catch. La, or that's what I try and tell myself. La. I mean, the, the big catch is that you, as the consumer, are just, you are paying more for it. La. Yeah. You are paying to level, you are paying to level the play, playing field. La. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so, so that's where I'm like, it's not, it's not particularly beneficial to, to the consumer. Not like the, the Australia one where, you know, where they, there, there are laws in place to try and protect the consumer more. Yeah. Right? So, so that's where I, I have grown to force myself to always catch myself when I think, fuck, hey, it sounds too good to be true. And I must give credit to Kelvin Cheng for, for his mm. post that at least showed something counter. The problem with the budget and, if, no, not the problem with the budget, the problem with the coverage of the budget when you Google is that anything that uh, is published by CNA, Straight Times, whatever, is all talking about the good points. But there's no analysis about, okay, can anything be done different? Because honestly, right, I mean, I would consider myself fairly informed about current affairs and all that, but I look at the budget, it all kind of makes sense, but that's also because I don't know what else can be done. So the okay. one post of his that made me kind of think, hey, 
huh, that's interesting. Was he was saying, okay, like what you said, like, last year, there were so many grants and things that were given out, which you look at it also, you're like, fuck, like the results of Singapore are pretty badass. Like, how many countries can, can say this? And at some point, something has got to give. Like, you know, so, something needs to be taken back. But his point was that is GST the only way? You know, there were... There, there are a lot of other taxes that could be imposed uh, temporarily. Uh, GST, yeah. ultimately, it requires a lot of structural change compared to something like, um, I don't know, like capital gains, tax. Capital gains and, and stuff like that, like, which, which kind of, I, w- I wouldn't say target, but kind of focuses more on the people who really did reap uh, gains in wealth across last year. Like, because the one thing that I think everybody has to appreciate is that not everyone had a fucked up year last year. Some people had fucking great years. Some companies had great years. But yeah. this, this some tax... Corporations, some yeah. corporations had great years at the expense of a lot of smaller local companies. Yes. And and that is a backhanded jab at the one thing that we are going through right now, which I guess we can we can say a bit, yeah, like we were... We were at the whims and fancies of this big corporate that that had a profitable year, but kind of impacted a lot of other producers in Singapore, which at some point we can talk about. Mm. But yeah, exactly. Like like what you said. So yeah. so I mean, uh, it's it's yeah. The the Calvin Cheng post. I I actually, uh, in in recent weeks he's been meeting up with Pritam Singh. He's been meeting up with Jameis Lim for coffee and all uh, mm. but he made a very clear point that he isn't doing this to you know to, to curry favour with them or to or it doesn't show that he's he's um, friends with them or anything like that he, he dis- disagrees with most of their policies and all he just feels that there can be civil disagreements uh, between them yeah um, but but I think he, he makes very good points about this this budget uh, that that you know we've only where we, we rarely had the chance to really examine how how this uh, you know you know, yeah, we do need to raise taxes, yes, you know, everything, because we need to claw back for whatever we spent as well. But uh, in such an exceptional year, it, uh, could there be another exceptional way of thinking of how to get this money back, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I think like his whole thing is that he wishes the the people in parliament kind of probe and, and uh, into the budget like, because if GST was decided to be the best way after considering this, I think... That would be good, but if this wasn't even considered, right? Because for the longest time, I know that uh, there's the capital gains tax, the wealth tax in Singapore is fucking low. You know, I can imagine it's a policy to attract businesses to set up their companies here. I have a few. Well, can you clarify? Yeah. Can you clarify what capital gains tax is, just in case for people who might not might not know? Um. Okay. So so my understanding is that capital gains tax is when um uh. It's it's more tied towards companies. Um, no, I think it's isn't it like more like if you invest in, let's say stocks and everything, and then you make a killing from investing in the stocks, there is a additional tax called capital gains. Oh yeah, yeah, correct. Based correct. on your investment, uh, I mean, so called investment in capital lah, because when 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 you talk about capital in the sense of how James Lim talks about it, yeah like it is talking about corporations and all. So you invest in capital and you make a gain in capital in the sense that the stock price of the the capital goes up. Yeah, correct. Um, then you get you get a uh, on top of whatever normal taxes you you pay, you get taxed for that capital gains. Because uh, honestly, uh, yeah that the 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 I think the thinking is that you are, uh, I mean you you 
the infrastructure is provided for you to to make this money, so you should pay a tax on that capital gains, right? Yeah, correct. So so yeah, so so when I say companies, there's just one one pillar of capital gains, lah. Um, it's anything that you invest in. It can be companies, it can be anything. And Singapore, the capital gains tax, um, from what I understand, is fucking. Is it? I think it's zero actually. Um, and it's fucking low, lah. And I I personally know uh people who have done well enough to exploit this, and for them it's great. Um, but if you think about it, it's one of those things that I think not many people understand fully, myself included. But mm-hmm. in some way, that feels like, okay, if, you know, like last year was a fucking weird year, the government had to make some huge changes. And if you want to correct it, GST and all this is very long term. You know, it's very structural. If you just want to yep. correct that imbalance, can there not be something else that is done to really kind of, uh, tax the the entities or the people who really had a killing last year, lah. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. so I think I think he he he's not even like shitting on it completely. He's just saying that um, it's worth de- clarifying whether these were considered or not, lah. Which are which was yeah. at least one post which made me think, hey, shit, yeah, the budget sounds like it makes sense, but fuck, like we need this sort of info because not everyone uh is aware of this, lah. Right. Mm. So right. I thought I yeah. thought that was very interesting. Yeah. So I mean I mean the 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 I guess the issue with stuff like capital gains tax and and all is is very tied to very fundamental beliefs in the in the policymakers. Mm. Like do you believe in ultimate like you know meritocracy where you know survival of the fittest and if you are rich it's entirely because of your own hard work and nobody else's help. Like society didn't help you. It's no luck, nothing like you know. Yeah, and and that's that's that that will dictate. Uh, that will influence, uh, whether you think you know that, you know the wealthy who, who earn their money based on you know, investing and working in this infrastructure and this infrastructure of the economy in Singapore, uh, is that worth taxing? Uh? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you look at Singapore's makeup and you know the kinds of the like how our immigration policies and everything you can definitely see it leans towards uh yeah like not having capital gains tax not taxing uh not not taxing uh the estate wealthier tax more also, right? like estate that, tax yeah. also inheritance um, and corporate tax is yeah. is super low because in the in the range of first world countries or like first world cities right singapore tax rates for corporate tax or personal income tax is amongst the lowest lah right yeah yeah, yeah so, so as as james said lah you know uh, it's much more on the side of capital than than labor lah mm. so it, it looks it looks very much for the interests of the people who invest and stuff like that lah yeah and yeah, it, and that's just just generally i mean but that's politics, lah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it is. It is one of the reasons, I guess, why so many companies are willing to set up HQs here. So many companies are willing to incorporate here. I know someone who has a business in Australia that he incorporated in Singapore partly because of the corporate corporate tax uh, laws and all that, lah. Um, oh really? Wow. Yeah, because because if you think about it from a business sense, when anyone's starting up a business, you want to avoid expenses as much, right? So it would make sense mm. to start it up in a company, um, uh, start up a company in a company in a country that has low corporate tax. So all that kind of things, I can imagine from the policy side of things, you, given Singapore's nature where we depend on big, big, uh, uh, depend on becoming a center for for you know, businesses and providing the infrastructure for businesses to run as opposed to raw materials, these sort of things 
do play a part in attracting foreign investment. Lah. But it was just something mm. that I thought, okay, I hope there's discussions on this so that uh, laymen like me can can have a better understanding of what was considered and what makes sense. Lah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I can mean, I just say like like one thing yeah. uh, about fucking income tax? I, I One of my pet peeves, right, is when people complain about how much income tax they have to pay. Why? I just feel like, just like, yo, there's a... There's a reason why you're paying so much income tax. If you don't want to pay so much income tax, it's a very easy solution. So don't but come hide, to me. Hide, launder, hide your money. No lah, then, then don't. <laughs> like, I mean, it just feels like a, a complaint which, which I don't know, is it a humble brag? It's not, it's just fucking annoying lah, uh, whenever I hear mm. that. Um, but that's just a pet okay, peeve okay. of mine lah. That's just a pet peeve of mine. Okay. But yes, everyone to, who hangs out with Harish, do not talk about your income tax. <laughs> I mean, you can talk about income tax, but don't make it seem like, oh my God, poor you for having to pay so much income tax. Because I'm like, you know what? Just shut the F up, okay? Uh, you want to yeah. pay less income tax? Very easy solution. Mm. Yeah. Start. So, Harish's second pet peeve after <laughs> Chinese weddings. Uh. No lah. You, you, want, you want a Chinese wedding? Then shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> don't expect me to give up. And if you have a Chinese wedding, don't fucking talk about income tax when you're at the table. Okay? <laughs> Basket. But yes, sorry to sorry to interrupt your what you were gonna say. I don't know if you remember what you were gonna say. Uh yeah, you're right. I don't remember what I was gonna <laughs> say anymore. Uh, but yeah, the the budget this year is it's worth looking into. La. I mean, there's a lot of uh hoo ha about you know helping industries and everything. Oh, I think one big thing that another thing that uh I've seen a little bit of chatter about on the internet is that they finally have recognized uh micro businesses. Mm. As a as a category like micro small medium enterprises, because I mean I think I don't not sure if you knew but SMEs are like still, you know if you have below hundred headcount and below hundred million revenue, you're still considered SME like. That means you could be making like yeah like 90, 99 million in revenue and have like ninety nine people, yeah lumped in the same as like the un- the auntie and uncle who runs a little a little hawker store yeah, or something like yeah. That. yeah. So so it's it's I mean obviously these are two very different types of businesses that need very different types of support lah right mm. um the the very fact that they now have mentioned the word micro uh I mean it it raises eyebrows in the sense that it was never really acknowledged that much before mm-hmm. uh but now that we you know in the last year we've basically have looked inwards at, at our own our own businesses our own economies and see how we can support all the small businesses trying to survive. Uh, I think there's a big, much more recognition that these micro-businesses are also here to stay. La. Everyone's trying to make a living here. Everyone's trying to make Singapore their home and make it a long-term thing, la, right? That, so does it include the non-essential artists? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Every it single does, one la, of it us. Does. Is, yeah, yeah. So we are micro-essential. So micro-essential. Yeah, we are micro, a micro-business in itself micro also. Business. But uh, yeah, la, it's just for us to... It's I mean, for us to, uh, to, to... It's for us to... Make noise like and 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 make sure that if there is help out there, you know it's not just the big corporations that get it also lah. Yeah, I mean, another thing that that stuck out to me on on the the more positive side is that um, there seems to be quite at least a public acknowledgement of the need for for green uh, technology, you know, homegrown agriculture, electric vehicles. Which yeah. if you look at other countries, right, there's one thing about, you know, signing the Paris Agreement and saying you don't want to cut down emissions. But when it trickles down to actual policies that are trying to push us towards that, I think that must be that's pretty dope. Uh, you can argue about whether the money set aside is enough or not. But I think to put it down in black and white, 
feels like a good start lah. It feels like a good start. I know I know there's one thing about having uh, the money dedicated to to a specific cause. How the money is used is a different thing. But I thought to see it in the budget was pretty interesting lah. Or well, was that that was cool lah. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. So and that's uh, why I think. I think uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I won't interrupt you still, again. No, there's still a lot of um. There's going to be more support for the aviation and tourist industries, mm. which are obviously still very heavily hit by COVID. Um, you know, uh, subsidizing the pay of of whoever's still employed in these companies and all. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a. Uh, you can tell that the priorities the priority is definitely to to try and pull us out of this 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 thing called COVID nineteen lah. Yeah, but the KTV got got any grants or anything lah? No, I don't that think so. Fucking, that's one. That's one thing I think that the people were saying the nightlife sector. It's it yeah. kind of slipped through the cracks lah, which is fucking sad lah. Uh, I mean, ba- based on the high level plan lah, because yeah, like what you said, F, uh, I think F and no aviation tourism. And yeah, those seem to be getting a a, a nice like some help lah. Aviation, aerospace, and tourism. But but I don't know. Like I mean, they say support for firms in the retail, arts and culture, food services, and built environment sectors will also be extended until June. So I hope in the details it's more clear what sort of support they have lah. But god damn, we we can't yeah. lose the nightlife, man. Yeah, we are losing the nightlife really lah. I mean, ultimately. It's a Zook is now a Zook is now a spin cycle uh, <laughs> oh thing in the morning, God. and then the evening it, it screens movies and serves food. Oh, you know the old days and like everything is like, hey, let's go Zook, let's go Zook. I don't think, I don't think going forward the kids will be saying that anymore, man. No lah, you go to Zook like, and then oh, for... yeah, they go to Zook is like going gym lah. It's like you go gym <laughs> because last, oh, last time go to Zook, lift, yeah. bro. Which like, gym you go to or Zook? Yeah, last time, last time, last time you go to Zook. To destroy your body, lah, right? You yeah, and yeah. potentially destroy your reputation, lah. Now you yeah. go to now you go. to fucking get fit, you know, nourish yeah. yourself, uh, nourish yourself, you know, entertain <laughs> your brain, you know, like last time you go there to, last time you go there to oh, put your brain on ice, ah, your brain goes into coma when it enters zoo. Ah. What a one eighty so. Like, yeah. yeah. Now it's like, wow, you enriched culturally <laughs> yeah, and, and like literally in your stomach, you're nourished. Uh. Yeah, so it's some way so in some way the government last year they gave uh, a lot and then now they're taking it back. Maybe Zook, maybe they were they looked inward, like, you know, aside from the pandemic, they're like, you know, how many <laughs> how much have we destroyed the livers of people who have come to us? It's our time to to you know help them get healthier. Yeah. And if Zook can it's, do at 180, so can you, yeah. man. So can you. <laughs> so <Yeah>. can you. <laughs> So can you, yeah. Fucking hell, man, Zook. Yeah, who uh, knows? Oh, shit, yeah. I thought we've been talking about this for wow, almost quite a while. I thought we didn't have much to say yeah, about budget, right. but for laymen, we actually got a lot to talk about. Like, like, like literally before this podcast, both Terrence and I were saying, hey, what, what the hell are we going to debate about the budget? Like, the, yeah. we don't know enough to go into the exact policy details and all, but but yeah, I enjoyed that discussion, man. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean... It, it, even just like linked to like my my one shock last one shock thing which I talked about yeah the Super Nintendo World opening in Singapore right yeah like if if they don't support like the tourism uh, industry and all that then you know uh, our our Universal Studios will become a ghost town uh, they will probably abandon plans to to upgrade it or in, install Super Nintendo World here or anything like that mm. so so I mean broadly speaking like even For, even for the most selfish reasons and all that lah, right? Yeah. You do want to keep your your tourism industry alive lah, so that you can one day, 
be like a Mario in your own Super Mario world and everything. Oh, like. Lamar, Mario uh, in your own but, Super Mario world. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's 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 uh really not not easy like. I mean, from what I hear is at the uh, like resorts world and everything. It's basically like I think fifty percent capacity or something like that. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, it's, it's a lot in there. So and and everyone's using the Singapore rediscovers vouchers lah. I see, uh, I see. So it's not like it's not like they're they're raking it in from locals going there or anything like, you know? mm, mm, mm. True, 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 yeah. true, true. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. That was our serious topic. It's a very serious topic. We just wanted to generally cover what caught our eye about budget twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, you know, if if your economics teacher, if you write this down in your economics essay, and then your teacher's like, "What the fuck is this yeah. shit?" Right? <laughs> don't quote us. Please do, don't quote us. <laughs> don't quote us. <laughs> We're officially known as Ministry of Funny, uh, not Ministry we, of of Finance. Uh, yeah, we have comedians. Uh, who like talking about news and controversial topics and making shows about them too. But we are not financial yeah, yeah, yeah. advisors. Maybe we should have we should have said something at the start of, you know, like yeah. we do not we're not giving out investment advice or anything. Yeah. 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 Well, if not someone's like plunging <laughs> yeah. plunging money That's into right. resorts world Sentosa now <laughs> thinking that we money. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, one thing I just want to add as well is that um do you one funny fact is do you know that uh, of all the Las Vegas Sands casinos Marina Bay Sands apparently was the only one that was like really continued to mint money in the last year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like, like it's outperformed every other casino in the Las Vegas Sands portfolio. Wow. Meaning like Las Vegas, Macau, wherever Sands, Sands casinos are located. MBS was the, the jewel, uh, the you know, the, 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 the shining star. Oh, really? Yeah? So, yeah, so it really shows you like the, the effect that... Um, you know, tackling COVID effectively, uh, having peace and stability and all these kind of things, through, even during a pandemic and all that, is is there's very big implications on businesses. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. I want to getting a bit dry already. My fucking government podcast like that. Well, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, <laughs> I was just saying, I'm just saying that, that gambling literally still, I mean, gambling thrived. Uh. Yeah, Singapore. because you think about it, like, I mean, Singapore, the, like like any country, you have people who fucking did super well during the pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah, so so I guess it's not far-fetched. I don't know whether MBS shifted anything online. Like, you know, these online poker games in exclusive rooms where you can still oh, throw down like 100,000, but you do oh, it on oh, Zoom. Oh, it's banned. Oh, online, it's banned? Uh? Online gambling is banned. Uh? Oh, that's true, that's true. That is true. That's why, it's, that's why you have to go to a casino. You don't have no choice. Yeah, cool. Uh, I think, mm. but yeah, I think... I think I'll, if if we were sitting face to face, I would kick you to to remind you to transition to the next topic with a segue like, But I can't do that online. Oh, okay. Okay. I can't do that so remotely when, like. Sure, sure. So what is the, the segue that you you thought of? No, I'm saying you. Oh, but I was I was ranting about I was talking about Marina Bay Sands. I haven't had time to think yeah, about. Yeah, then you go into this government thing about okay, okay, gamble no. and I got, shit. I mean, we were talking about a very serious topic that us as comedians we have no. <laughs> no say over yeah but the next topic I think as comedians and as people who interview people for a living podcast and all that mm. I think we have a bit more authority on some an issue like this True what is that. this issue this issue is uh, I mean recently the Britney Spears documentary came out on Netflix I believe um, yep. and it's called Framing Britney Spears and I guess it has gone gotten a lot of traction and it kind of shed the light on Britney Spears life and how 
Um, yeah, the, the media treated her unfairly in retrospect. And it got so much traction that even Justin Timberlake himself came out and apologized to not only Britney Spears, but Janet Jackson as well uh, about the, yeah. the incidents he did previously, which honestly, that was how I first heard about the Britney Spears documentary. I think I saw an article mm, about yeah, Jessica correct. Biel standing by her husband's apology. Then I was like, huh, what the yeah. fuck is he apologizing for? Then I saw that, then... Then, yeah, this whole framing Britney Spears thing is causing a lot of people to be a little more introspective. Uh, and then yeah. two days ago, on on Valentine's Day, three days ago, um, someone called Trey Taylor, who's I think an, an editor of a published magazine in the US, he kind of uh, posted an excerpt from an interview that David Letterman, the famous talk show host, um, did with Lindsay Lohan back in 2013, where he continuously asked her about her, re-back, uh, about her rehab. rehab. Yeah, what yep. was it? Reback. Her rehab, despite her yep, yep. politely requesting to not have to talk about it and how she didn't want to talk about it. And then yep. that went viral. And then people are kind of saying, fuck, it's a fucking uncomfortable uh, video. And if you Google David Letterman now and click on news, there's a shit ton of articles about how he's getting a lot of backlash. Like, I don't think he has come out and said yeah. anything publicly because he's not the most active on social media. But yeah. that was the story. So what was your thoughts uh, I mean, if you watch the video of him interviewing Lindsay Lohan, he, uh, it is. I mean, it's just twenty thirteen now. It's not that long ago, you know. It's not like TV is a different, a different pers- uh, re- uh, what do you call it? Uh, aspect ratio or anything like that, like, it's, it's HD and everything. Um, but yeah, he does press Lindsay Lohan about her, about her rehab and past the point of like. Uh, comfort la, as in she f- it looks like she is very uncomfortable about it mm. and uh, you can imagine uh, I mean we literally in this we've been talking about you know Aware and Sharul and what, what happened to Sharul and everything the past week and uh, they didn't even reach that point and, and it, w- it became a big issue really la. whereas this Lindsay Lohan well, I think it crosses that line of like almost like consent like you know where you uh, someone says they don't want to talk about something and you just insist I want to keep talking about it on national TV and, and make uh, make light of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it is quite um, jarring to watch in this day. And, and, but it also makes me realize like, yeah, the, over time, your perspectives also change and sometimes you don't realize it even though uh, it has changed over time but you don't realize it as well. And, and that's one thing I realized because back, I mean, back then 2013, all, I think all of us who grew up in the 90s and 2000s, we all grew up watching David Letterman on Channel 12, uh, on Channel 12 TV, like TCS mm, 12, whatever mm, it was, mm. late night. Like, and then his interviews were always very interesting and you asked very, what we thought were very incisive questions and and, and, and really grill them on the spot like, and all. So and he was very, seems like a very smart, articulate, intelligent guy. Um but yeah, so so to to but then to watch something like this like in the year twenty twenty one, it was quite jarring for me, la, To be honest, yeah, yeah, it was for yeah. me as well. Like it, when you say jarring, you mean just uncomfortable, la, Like oh fuck, make it stop, make I, it stop, please. Yeah, uncomfortable because of the content, but secondly, uncomfortable because I probably used to watch something like this and I didn't feel anything, la, Right. Yeah, yeah. That that was the the biggest revelation for me because there's one website uh called celebrity.9.com.au was one of the few websites I saw that had I mean showed not just the Lindsay Lohan uh clip but also 
excerpts from interviews that he did um, with Cher in 1986, with Christina yeah. Aguilera in 2004, with Janet Jackson in 2004, Paris Hilton in 2007, uh, and then Lindsay Lohan. So I think what you said about perspectives of viewers changing is very true because I will totally admit that when I watch the clip of him interviewing Paris Hilton where he kept on grilling her about um, her time during uh, behind bars even though it was only for 45 minutes even, and, and yeah. she was very uncomfortable when I watched it I was like oh fuck this is awesome you know he's mm-hmm. she's a public persona she's a celebrity she's in a position of power and influence it's good that mm. people like Letterman are grilling her about something she did which is which was frowned upon la. and I yeah. felt nothing last time whereas now I'm like yeah. hmm okay that that is a how you say that? like there is a dynamic there like he's the host and she's the guest right um, mm. but then it also makes me think okay you know when I saw this chronology that even from 1986 he had a history of asking these sort of questions yeah I mean how how does that fit into the fact that okay when these people go on Letterman aren't you kind of mm. aware of what you might be getting into yeah I think uh, so, so that's the that's the thing that probably have to remember as well uh, the context of, of the context of the time and everything was a bit different uh, where right yeah like like what you say like, like Letterman you kind of you really know that he's gonna ask a lot of uncomfortable questions and, and if you go on Letterman and and I guess if you you go there expecting not to be asked these questions then it would have been kind of silly uh, right because mm. I think back then you knew that when you go on Letterman, there's a good chance he'll grill you for something. Mm. Um, something stupid you did before and, and, and you know, he'll expect you to be honest about it. Because that mm. was pre-social uh, media, social media kind of days. 2007, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. those those were the days when, like, you don't really hear much from or about celebrities except through uh, the mainstream media or gossip rags, right? Mm, mm. So, so when you go out there, it's kind of to put yourself out there and then for the world to see you as you are. La. So we got really strange instances like when Tom Cruise jumped on the sofa on an Oprah Winfrey show and stuff like that. Um, but you hardly hear of these things anymore because basically the stars have taken all these antics and then put them on their own social yeah, media. Correct. Really, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, that's true. So, that's true. So for us, for us, like when you go on, for nowadays when you go on mainstream TV or that, it's, it's, a, it's a different thing. La. It's probably to to it's not meant to go into your personal life but really to focus on your performance or your what you and you do for a living like you know like you sing or you dance or whatever like, or you play a sport or something like that yeah uh, whereas uh, you have your own personal space to to be weird and to let your and to say say whatever you want or of course there might be consequences but yeah but that will be decided by by the public at large like, right yeah Whereas, whereas back then it's a it's very different animal like and I think it's not like these these celebrities were being forced to go on Letterman. I think a lot of them wanted to be on Letterman because they wanted um the people to see a different side of them or so right. Yeah. So so I mean like after you say all that, like do you do you see it as like criminal the way he, he interviewed Lindsay Lohan or Paris Hilton? I think for me the most uncomfortable one I I watched when I was browsing through was the one with Janet Jackson. Who mm, my god, that was that was the, fucking uncomfortable. I think towards the end of the Lindsay Lohan one, actually, I think the editing cut it out. But um, he actually did did say that you know he he's basically asking her all these questions and making light of her time in rehab because he feels that it's very brave that she's still around, she's still standing. There. And don't forget, Lindsay Lohan was like like quite a really quite a wreck 
back in those days, like, like mm. we're talking about, I think she, if, if she died of overdose or anything, it, it, it wouldn't have been a huge surprise to people back then, right? Yeah, yeah. Because she was known as a party animal and all these things. Yeah. So um, for her to, what, what he also said towards the end, for her to still be, still be around and be able to come come out and still be talking about it and open about it. Um, he was saluting her for it. Of course, some people say that that's like gaslighting and that's manipulative all, but I, I'll just take it at the face value that, that you know, he he does, um, that, that I mean, the get, I, I didn't, I didn't hear Lindsay Lohan after the show, like, uh, complaining about it that much, like, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, so, so it's. But that one also, I, I, I kind of take it at face value, like, yeah. Yeah, but that one also after the show, twenty thirteen was a very different time, also, right? Maybe it was. Yeah. yeah, I don't know whether I mean back then Instagram was taking off. I guess like that whole direct relationship to celebrities, I think maybe not as well established yet. Um, yes, so yes, so that's where I mean, like, yeah, watching it makes me uncomfortable now, but I mean. I think it needs to be looked at in the context also in 2013 or 2007 and all. Like what you said, like, I think what you said is very true that um, back then, like celebrities were really this very inaccessible group of people who you only see in mainstream media and movies and all. And in some way, him asking those questions kind of brought them down to yeah. earth, right? Yes. yes um, right. But, and, and I mean, that's why, like, I, it, it's cringy now, but it was also a different time. And maybe it is a symptom of how messed up the system was, like, because as much as he, yeah, they they kind of maybe had a part in agreeing to appear on David Letterman, back then, you kind of needed to appear on shows uh, like this for your press tour, like, right? Uh, yes. There wasn't a way for celebrities to market whatever they're doing or connect with their fans. And in some way, they were indirectly forced to go on these shows, right? right. Um, yes. I think I think what what makes it a little more thought-provoking is when his videos of Lindsay Lohan, uh, the interview went viral, another piece by, another monologue by another late show host called Craig Ferguson uh, also went viral. Did you see that? Mm. Uh, no, I haven't watched it. So, so that was very, it, yeah. yeah, that was very interesting because Craig Ferguson, I think he's such an underrated late night show talk sh- uh, uh, host, and I think after Conan, he's probably my second favorite uh, because if you look up at the clips, his conversations felt like the most honest and the most sincere. But why he his monologue went viral is it was mm. a monologue he did in 2014 when Britney Spears was having a uh, also publicly kind of spinning out of control, and he mm. had this little segment where he said. You know, looking at her, it reminded him of the time he was going through rehab from 15 years ago. And he, mm. in a short two minutes, he talked about how that's he never wants to live that life again because it's horrible. Um, and he can't he can he can't imagine what she's going through. So he vouched to vowed to never have any Britney Spears jokes uh, oh, on really? that night and the next few shows. And he said, yeah, because comedy is about punching up people in power and all that. And he said, yeah, they might be celebrities, but at this time they are struggling. And and he did admit that his aim was a bit off uh, up till that point. And he said, how, how is this media? How are we kind of making fun of people who, yeah, they might be celebrities, but at that point in time, they're suffering. So so it was, it was, you look at it, you're like, oh shit, this also happened in 2014. So maybe mm-hmm. it was, it was less about the time, but more about the direction of media. And maybe that's why he wasn't as well known, like, because he didn't ask the clickbaity questions. Um, mm. But I thought... Right that made me reconsider that whole thing, okay, it was a different time because if at that point in time, a talk show host could be that empathetic, right? I thought that was fucking dope. Lah. So, so uh, 
just to bring it all back down to earth, lah. Yeah. We're talking here like we, we're talking here like we, where we can be the host of the, the next letter <laughs> and all that, <laughs> yeah. But to bring it all back down to earth, lah. What, uh, in your experience, was an interview that we've done on this podcast or what that, that you feel you know maybe could have handled it a bit differently. I know what you're getting more, it. I know what you're getting it. More sensitive <laughs> or anything like that, la. You I know, know what I'm getting, getting it, right? So I know, I know. Yeah, I know. So I, but I just want, I, I just, I think it's interesting for people to hear direct from you about it yeah. rather than me, me bitch about it, la, Like you say. Yeah, because what was when, it? Was it when, when we were started our podcast? It was in video format and it was very guest centric and it was called a mushroom. Which thank God yes. we found the name Yalabat because the mushroom, I don't know. It, well, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> what that? the hell were we thinking of the mushroom? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it was we we had a podcast interview with the founder of High Blood, which was this app that was very very explicit about how there is a dating app to cater to the elite lah. Um, and I think mm. they went viral because they had one ad that had a tagline saying "No Banglas, No Nothing," and um. It got a lot of, they became infamous, la, not just locally, but internationally. Mm-hmm. So when we had the founder over, um, he was explaining his strain of thought. And and I will admit that I was pushing him in a corner la, because I really didn't like the, the ads that he was um, putting out and the message about it. And yeah. it was really well, easy. What do you mean, actually, what do you mean pushing him in, pushing him in a corner? Uh, I mean, kind of indirectly forcing him to admit that the idea of that tagline wasn't the best. Mm. Um, and I think as the host of a show, you do have some sort of power over your guests and you do mm. have a responsibility to make sure that you're not just bringing them to be fucking vilified and not giving them a chance to 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 influence the narrative. So I think it was you who pointed out to me after the podcast because after the podcast, I honestly felt great because I was like, fuck yeah, yeah man. I fuck fucking yeah, just, man. I'm woke. I'm yeah, so woke. I'm woke. <laughs> I was woke before woke was a thing, man. <laughs> fuck yeah, man. But then after that, yeah. when you told me, I'm pretty sure I brushed it off initially like, and I told you like, I just mm. shut up. Like, you yeah, do you. you. Did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you but, did, yeah. But then after thinking about it and after being in the media space for quite a while where we have also been on the receiving end of uh, interviews um, mm. and when I was uh, cast in the HBO comedy, we did have a press tour. Uh, and being the lead mm. actor, I did have questions directed to me on stage where there were like 50, 60 reporters uh, from international media. And mm. yeah, if someone asked me a question there, um, not only do am I kind of obliged to answer it, I'm obliged to answer it in a way that is gracious and all that, like, which which thankfully I haven't been in an interview where I got a spanner question that I felt was unfair, thankfully. Mm. But yeah. But there is that dynamic, like, and it's a very important dynamic that people need to appreciate. Granted that yeah. most people, I assume, haven't been a host or a guest on a show. Like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, bro- broadly speaking, it, we'll, we'll try and put this in the show notes. Like, the yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll we'll, before we get shared on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, broadly speaking, I also, because I also, I mean, obviously, I, I, I strongly disagree with what he did for his uh yeah like with his app and why he did it all that lah. um but for me was the the idea of the an interview especially an interview in a podcast setting like where it's not you're not on tv for like eight minutes or what you're you're on a podcast for two hours and all is to really try and you know uh break down what is behind the thought lah, right and, and yeah 
right or wrong, I think we try to leave it to the person, the, to the people listening to judge whether it's right or wrong. La. But we will present our counter arguments as well. La. Yeah. Um. The, the part that I felt a little bit uncomfortable was that he almost seemed like at the end that he had to say sorry by the end of that podcast. He had to apologize almost to Harish la, personally. <laughs> and then after all, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So it was Woo. like, oh, like, you know, like why are we getting people on here? It's because we want to to, you know, probe a bit deeper and find out even if they have the most, yeah, they, they're the most, uh, we disagree with them entirely and all that. Uh, we give them a chance to sort of explain themselves but, you know, like, uh, at the end of the day, if we all can shake hands and not punch each other, I think that's a, a, a progress, a, a good step forward as well, really. Yeah. Uh, whereas whereas uh, the, the, the dynamic there I felt was was like he like, he would never want to ever see us again, like, you know, yeah, after yeah. that podcast. And and I think that really influenced how we conduct interviews now and even last year when we had that podcast with Shashua and Narelle. Yeah, people did mm. tell us, you know, how can you give Shashua the airtime and why didn't you kind of force her to realize what she did was wrong? But that was never the point of our podcast or interviews and that will never be the point like, because no matter what, how much you disagree with someone, chances are that if someone did something you disagree with in their world, it makes sense. Yeah. And our yeah. approach is always, we just want to find out how that makes sense in your world because it sounds so crazy to us. Yeah. And right, we will right. continue to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I give credit where credit is due. I think Harish took uh, the feedback and really, you know, has has has, has, uh, has changed his approach to, to these kind of discussions. Yeah. Like we Aww. look forward to to controversial uh, uh topics and everything, but we we're not in the in the business of like trying to pin people against a wall to admit that they are wrong. I mean, unless they there's some there's their purpose in in coming on the podcast to 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 you know confess that they did something wrong or what lah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but but we do want to hear from their side and try and put up the arguments against it, and and yeah lah, So so that's why you you know we we will you will still read a lot of people who are unhappy with the way we talk to people on our podcast. I think one of the one of the recent comments on our aware podcast was like useless podcast, you know. <laughs> uh and, and like, you know, yeah, people don't understand the value of of a of a military defense in Singapore. And I realized like, oh, some of these people don't even haven't even listened to the podcast and they're making oh, comments yeah, yeah. really correct, like correct, correct, our podcast yeah. was not about national service. Like it was about a lot of other things. Like, you know, national service is just one small part of it. Like. Yeah. Uh so yeah like, I mean i I just take it for what it is and then and um, it, it, that's why it's super interesting when I see other people coming on the Reddit and also airing their views and say, hey, no, this is not what the podcast was about. Or, hey, no, mm. I I see where you're coming from, but this is, wasn't what was said, like, right? You know? Because yeah. it's, it's, um, it shows yeah, that we're trying to cultivate this this environment of people just being able to talk openly and, and, and listen to different discussions, but by the end of the day, not want to kill each other, like, right? Yeah, which is why we love our Reddit. And I will yeah. reiterate the fact that I still prefer a, a comment that shits on us than no comment at all. Uh. Even the useless yeah. podcasting, right? Because it generated some other discussions. To me, it's like, fuck yeah, man. If people take the time to comment, I will always give it give it a, a, a chance. Uh. And what yeah, happens yeah, after yeah. that is, is different. Uh. Correct, correct. But yeah, cool. Correct. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Wow, nice. not bad. Uh. Um, we, we went into these two topics in much more depth than I thought we would. Great. That's what, that's what conversation's about, man. Hell yeah, man. All right, yeah. cool. Now we are on to our final segment called the One Shook Thing. And what is your yeah. One Shook Thing over the past two days since we last did our podcast? Actually, my One Shook Thing is, uh, I mean, I literally just saw it this morning. La, but mm. uh, I don't know if you heard, but PSG destroyed 
Oh yes, yeah. 4-1 in the Champions <laughs> yeah. League. Uh, and I mean, I was actually, I actually watched the match, or at least I, I caught, caught it while I was up as well for mm. various reasons for work and for baby. Um, mm. But yeah, it's just, uh, just watching was very interesting because I think uh, PSG has, has that, that, that old Tottenham coach, right? Pochettino. Mm. He just took over at PSG, right? And um, yeah, it's just the way they were playing. It was, and they, they weren't even playing with Neymar or anything. But the pace at which they were playing and, and, and all was just like, well, you know, the days of thinking like Barcelona and Messi are like uh, the best in the world, most creative or most dangerous on the attack. Oh, I think those days are long gone, man. It's like, oh, really, eh? now it's like, I mean, it just you just watch the match, it was like, they, they really took uh, took apart Barcelona, like, you know, of of all teams. And Mbappé, like, Mbappé had a fucking Mbappé, like, Mbappé. Yeah, crazy yeah, the, game, right? The, yeah, he had a great game and his goal was amazing and everything. And just, yeah, it's just, uh, so, so like even just seeing Liverpool struggle recently and all, you realise like, how fast the game is changing already, lo, when you watch something, mm-hmm. something like that where year to year, like people, you know, they, they have new, like, like Jurgen Klopp was seen as like a huge breath of fresh air like two years ago. And now it's like, oh, you know, he can't get his defence together and, and things like that. Uh, and just seeing the pace at which these players are, are evolving and changing is is, is pretty amazing. Uh. Yeah. Also, I, I think in case you you guys don't really know, the Champions League is still on, and now it's the final sixteen, and it's oh yeah, man, it's, it's fucking exciting. It's, it's, this couple of weeks is quite exciting, Because yeah. I actually I always prefer this period of the Champions League when there's like sixteen teams still in it, and and every goal every goal still matters and all that. Because because it's over two legs, right? So whether yeah. you score at home and away. I actually I prefer this a lot because it just feels like there's a lot of activity and it's it's always exciting. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to the final, usually finals are always like a letdown. Uh. And and yeah, I mean, yeah. I, like I think the teams involved are still like I, I Ronaldo is there, Messi is still there for now. Uh, yeah. PSG, yeah. Dortmund, yeah, it's gonna be exciting, man. It's gonna be yeah, exciting. Li- I mean, Liverpool is is not gonna is probably unlikely to win the league already. So this yeah. is like the only chance of of winning anything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting year so uh, Yeah. Cool. All right. What is uh, what is your one shook thing? My one shook thing uh, is is this one British show uh, which has kind of become my go to for whenever I need like a just a, a quick laughter or something like. Uh, it's called Mr Eight- Bean. No, no, fuck you lah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown. Have you heard of it? No. Haven't. It's such a. I'm so surprised that it took me a while to come across it. But it's essentially a panel show lah, which is hosted by Steve, uh, Jimmy Carr who is quite a famous stand-up comedian. I uh, can't say I'm the biggest fan of his stand-up comedy, but he's the host and you have a panel of like two to three teams of comedians um, just kind of playing these stupid games and talk about current affairs. And I mean, it's a format that has been repeated uh, around the world, even in Singapore. But this, if, if you just watch the highlights for this show, right, it's fucking hilarious because it's really no holds barred. Like they swear, they talk, or they make all these jokes like, it's almost like watching a stand-up comedy set with four, five brilliant peop- uh, comedians and they have mathematical questions and all this shit and, and it's fucking hilarious, man. It is so damn good and I think that's one thing about the British shows which even when you look at a Gra- Graham Norton show, there's a certain air of authentic- authenticity amongst the conversations for shows like this mm. compared to shows you find elsewhere. I mean, Singapore, we have tried panel shows. Uh, both of yeah. us have also been on a panel show and... Yeah, like you can't really say whatever you want. Uh, mm, yeah. I know Okay Chop had to kind of shut down after one of the hosts said something that wasn't even, didn't even sound that controversial, but 
But just watching this and knowing <laughs> that it went on a TV, a live TV was is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love this it. Is in, is, where, where can people watch it? On YouTube? Um, you can see the highlights on YouTube. They have a whole bunch of compilations. The show is still ongoing. It started in 2012. It's not like some old show from the 80s. Like. It's still ongoing. But the highlights tend mm. to be like from a whole season or something. But it's hilarious, man. Holy shit. Mm. I see, I see. Yeah, so you can find it on YouTube. La. Yeah, yeah, I can find it. We, we'll put it in the show notes. La. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Oh, we'll, oh, yeah, if someone else finds it, yeah, please put it in yeah, the show notes. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, cool. Anything All right, awesome. Anything else? I think I think we're done for this episode, man. Yeah, we will cool. see you all in a yeah, in a few days. Uh. In a few days. Alrighty. Have a good week. Peace.